You know, I don't even remember the book. All I know is that I remember reading it to Buster and thinking, oh, yeah, Buster's going to like this book. Meanwhile, Buster's like trying to get out of he's he's digging a hole in the neighbor's yard so he can sneak out and run away. That's what Buster was thinking. Wait, did Buster run away? Sometimes, yes. Oh, sometimes. But you got Buster back. Yes, we always got him back, but I'm pretty sure he ran away one time and that was that. <laughs> Buster got away. He's like, oh God, I got to listen to this book again. Uh... Create for No Reason is your weekly dose of courage to stop making excuses and start bringing your ideas to life. Who's our uh, who's our guest today, Kate Woman? <laughs> um, all right, our guest. I'm very excited. <laughs> what? No, it's just it's, sometimes the shift from uh, bunny rabbit mode to uh, this is who we're talking to today mode. It's it can be it can be pretty sharp that shift. Yeah, sometimes it catches me off guard, and that's okay because we roll with it. <laughs> and our guest is Adam, Adam Shibley. Adam Shibley is the owner of Podcast Business School. And he has a club on Clubhouse because of course, that's where I met him. He's actually a full-time podcaster, full-time podcaster and coach with over 600 episodes recorded since 2016. So this is going to be intimidating. You know, no, he's so fun. You're going to love him. And that's what he does. He helps podcasters learn how to love their show like a hobby and build it like a business. So that's cool because he, you know, a lot of people are out there. They want to create content. They want to have podcasts. And some people want to figure out a way to make a living doing it. And that's really what he does. And, uh, he has some really creative ways in which he does it. And I just am impressed by 600 episodes and the consistency of that. And he has three different shows. We have one show and we're so glad that we get out an episode every week. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Now, that's but you're also not doing it full time for a living. So that's true. I do have another show, uh, that's getting started. That's right. I'm very excited about. Um, okay, we, we're we're going to we'll, talk we'll, about your show at the end of our show. Sure. So, because we're, we're going to talk to Adam right now. Hello. Adam. Hello, Adam. Hello, hello, hello. How's it going? What's up, friend? <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm very excited. I'm, I'm, I'm fired up. I've been doing push-ups since... 2 a.m. In, in preparation. <laughs> You're ripped. Yeah. I'm so excited to be here. I keep looking at myself in the mirror. I'm having yeah. my six-year-old slap me in the face over and over again. <laughs> Let's go. Oh, my gosh. It's so ridiculous. Well, I'm so excited. I'm so excited that you're here. This is going to be so fun. I got to be on your podcast. Yep. And then I was like, Adam, what's up? What's up? Come be on create for no reason. And um, I was I, I just did your intro and Sean said, Oh, this is gonna be intimidating. Because I, <laughs> I told him, <laughs> episodes, what you do. 
I did say it with a really like low and sad voice. <laughs> well, this is going to be intimidating. He's going to tell us all the things that we do wrong about. Podcasts. No, I'm really, I'm really excited. I mean, somebody that's been doing this and has learned so much about it and, and I, like understands a lot about it. This puts you in league with the Adam Curry's of the world, right? The yeah, kind of the people that started with that. It's the Adam Club. He lets you he lets you in after 550. Welcome in. Here's Martha Quinn. Yeah, that's fantastic. (laughs) People who live in their basement and talk on a microphone. That's what we do. Yeah. Yeah. You I mean, so this is gonna be a fun conversation because you know, our this show is is create for no reason. So we talk about creativity. We talk about doing things just for the fun of it. And a lot of people do podcasts just for the fun of it. But you, you actually teach people how to not only do it for fun, but to monetize it and to do this for a living. And so I'm so excited to just talk about, well, first of all, how did you decide? How did you get into the podcasting world and decide this is what you wanted to do for a living? Yeah, so my background is in fitness. Uh, I'm a recovering gym owner and uh, I got into, I got into like personal training, fitness real big early on in, in the, the boot camp years, like when boot camps first started happening and it got real hot. Um, but I, I kind of had a five year journey before that, where I used to weigh 327 pounds. I was a, a big, a big guy. Um, and I, I lost hundred pounds and then I started helping other people lose weight. I ended up helping my hometown lose 35,000 pounds over five years. I created this boot camp system. Everybody and their mom wanted me to franchise it. I'm like, I really don't like being in charge of a lot of people or like being around a lot of people even. Uh, so I didn't want to franchise, but I did like the idea of more impact. So eventually podcasting rolled around. I launched the Million Pound Mission podcast and I was off and running from the health space where it's, it's, it's a cool concept where I would teach uh, hopefully my listeners would apply. We had a donate your weight loss button on our website where listeners, I'm really big on pulling your community in and like making them a part of the show. So they would, you know, if they, if, you know, so-and-so from England lost seven pounds, she'd go on the website, donate her seven pounds. She'd see the ticker go up and it all accumulated together. So it was kind of like the McDonald's thing, like over a billion served, but well, we were shooting for a million pounds of weight loss as a community. And then from there, people started asking me to help them launch shows. I'm like, I kind of like this better than dealing with, you know, a few hundred gym clients that are seem- seemingly never happy because I'm trying to make them give up carbs and things like that. So uh, I got into the space of helping podcasters launch shows, helping them monetize shows, grow shows. And now that's my primary focus now, you know, six years into it, 600 plus episodes and off and running with lots and lots of shows. Do you miss, do you miss that space? The, uh, I guess the gym space and helping people change their life in that way at all? No, (laughs) I, I did it for 10 years, Sean, like I had my fill and we did some awesome things. I really impacted a lot of people. I felt cool about my personal transformation and all that, but Dude, it's so cutthroat and just like rip your heart out, brutal. Like when I first launched my boot camp, I'm really proud. Like I created everything. I didn't franchise. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but everything was 
out of my head. You know, it's, right. I created it. I created the programs and protocols that I knew would work based off of what was actually working in the moment. And we, we helped a lot of people, but I was one of like four fitness programs in our hometown here in Bloomington, Indiana. By year 10, there are literally 50, 50 boot camp, group fit, yoga, Pilates, all the big names, they all come pouring in. And they're like hiring people to come in and hang out in our Facebook groups and, and start stealing clients. Like, like a certain, um, uh, I won't name names, but a certain color that you may have a theory about. Uh, they, uh, they did that. Like they sent somebody into our Facebook group where they were offered, they would message our people and go, Hey, if you give me five phone numbers of other members, I'll give you a free membership. And they, then they would call and just like, keep doing this. And the thing that broke my heart, it was kind of like the last thing with the gym thing for me, like all this was going on. I had people that I helped lose 70, 80, hundred pounds, 150 pounds that were jumping ship and going to orange theory. Whoops. I said it because of they were stealing them with free membership offers. And I'm like, I helped you lose a hundred pounds with blood, sweat, and tears. And you're, they're, they're dangling a free month and you're jumping ship. I'm like, I'm out. This is, this is not where I'm meant to be right now. So that that's, you know, I kind of, I, I did my thing. I'm proud of what we accomplished, but podcasting is so collaborative it's so cooperative. It's synergistic. You know, I've got a show called Podcasting Business School. Uh, so one of my listeners, they they like they they protect me. I like that. They're like very fierce, and they're like, someone is trying to steal your show. It's called the business of podcasting. It's the same <laughs> thing. So I, I I I checked the guy out, and you know what I did? I invited him on my show. I go, Charlie, you got to come on my show. I'm podcasting business school. You're the business of podcasting. We talk about like the exact same thing. We do a lot of the exact same things. I invited him on my show. I've been on his show. We're friends. We're pod pals. And it's cool. Mind blown. So going from I'm going to kill you gym people to like, <laughs> let's all be happy and work together. It's amazing. Oh, I love that. I love that. And I do think with podcasting, it's so interesting is, is that community building? Is that you have this community that rallies around that one specific topic and they get to know you. They really get to know your personality. Um, so with the community, so for, for someone listening, I think this applies to everything in social media, right? I think a lot of people are looking for community or they yeah. want to build community. So what do you see the best podcasters or really just creatives out there doing to better find community and collaborators to really work together to build something? Well, I, mean, I the first thing is you have to let go of your ego. Like that's the hardest thing. Mm. Like, and I have to have that constant reminder because I've over the last decade, I've been ingrained like fierce competitive mode. That everyone's trying to steal all the stuff. So I have to have this like I'm big into stoicism. I, I read my stoic, my daily stoic every single day. And I'm like Marcus Aurelius and Epictetus are, yep, exactly. And so there, there, there's a joke. I don't know if it's appropriate or not to say, but I'm a big fan of um, Celebrity Jeopardy, uh, Jeopardy, like the Saturday Night Live with, with Sean Connery. You yeah. Guys know, you guys know what <laughs> yeah. I'm talking about? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Kate, you know what I'm talking about too? Yep. Okay. Okay. So. And you guys can edit this out if it's inappropriate. I'm not going to curse. <laughs> I'm not going to curse, but I'm going to come close. Uh, so big fan of Sean Connery, like, you know, uh, I'll take 
anal bum cover. And it's like, that's an album cover, Mr. Connery. <laughs> so every time I see Epictetus, I think of Sean Connery going, I'll take Epictetus for 500, please. Uh, so that's that's my, my Epictetus joke. But anyway, I put on my, my stoic hat and I go, all right, what would Marcus Aurelius do? What, what would Seneca do in, in this moment? And that's where I had this tripwire of like, if I feel competition and like I fear that I have to collaborate I have to reach out like that's my rule now where if I if I run into clubhouse and somebody's talking about podcast launch growth and monetization my initial like fight or flight instinct is that's what I do I've got to be better than them I've got to crush their soul and then I go oh I got to reach out I got to collaborate and like that's how I train myself and it always works out like I share so many clients with people that do the exact same thing, but they hire them for the, for one part of it because it kind of meshes with their personality. And they hire me for another part of it. We all work together. It's shiny, happy people and it's all good. But like, so I think first things first, let the ego aside, look for the people that have similarities to what you're doing. Cause you could probably merge all your awesomeness and create something super awesome. These are our our online summits, our live events. These are the clubhouse rooms, you know, all that stuff comes out of finding people that think in a similar way. And they just have maybe five degrees of different thought patterns going uh, off from where you do. So that's kind of my, my baseline is if I feel competition, if I feel that ego being pushed a little bit, I must reach out to collaborate. And sometimes it weirds people out because they, I know they feel it too. And, you know, I'm a pretty high energy big voiced guy. So when if I come, you know, Kate knows how I roll, like on the IG, I'm blasting some voice messages and they hear, yo, what's up? It's, it's your buddy Adam from podcasting business school. <laughs> you know, the whole thing, you know, I blow their eyebrows off and I don't know sound, if I want to collaborate with this guy. You sound like that DJ on Friday, uh, 5 PM rolls around. <laughs> hey, what's up? It's your best friend. Exactly. Uh, I love it. Do you, do you find, I mean, I know uh, you you do the, the the podcasting for a living. You teach other people how to do it, and you're encouraging yeah. other people to have a to have a voice and teaching them how to have a voice and how to how to how to be heard um, even more so. Do you find that the what you just mentioned about the ego getting in the way has that translated into other areas of your life as well? Other creative endeavors, other things you do with friends or family, has it translated into that space as well? Yeah, I mean. The, the lessons learned being a podcaster have bled into my life overall, where, I mean, it's helped me be a better dad, for sure. Because you think about just communication. That's what I do for a living now. And that's what I'm teaching other people how to do. So we have to listen. We have to absorb. We have to have interesting conversations. We have to be interesting and interested. And like, those are skills where... I'm pretty sure I know, annoy the heck out of my wife because I'm like, I'm going seven levels deep on like, what's for dinner tonight? I'm like, and why did we choose that? What, you know, <laughs> the roast beef. <laughs> what do you, what's, what's your background with that? You know, when, That's did, right. you, when did you first taste roast beef? Uh, like it's, it, but the, the funny thing is like, if I don't know if you guys have ever been to like a podcasting conference, that's all it is. It's everyone, your best friends with everyone in five seconds, you have the deepest conversations ever 
because it's just like everyone going deeper and deeper. We're all interviewers and we're all programmed like this. And you're just in these little, out in the hallway, you see all these people in the little circles and they're like crying and weeping like, oh, they've probably known each other for 20 years. No, they met five minutes ago. Um, <laughs> that's, that's what we do. But no, I, I'm, I'm always looking for collaboration. Like it's really been kind of a social detox for me where everything was just so wound up tight and competitive and, I would see other gym owners and just like battle zone mindset. And now, you know, I'm out there and I'm, I'm like helping them out. I'm like, Hey, you should start a podcast. Like, you know, like I'm literally like hitting up former competitors going, you know, it really help you level up your brand. If you, if you start a show, I could totally help you out. I'll give you some pointers, you know, let's, let's get on, uh, let's get on the old zoom and let's see what happens. So it's been nice just to take all that pressure out and go from scarcity to abundance is really what it's all about. Yeah. Oh, that's what I was thinking as you were talking. It was, it's that abundance mentality versus scarcity and just knowing that there's enough for everyone. And I love when you were talking about even people that do similar things that, that you do. For some people, you're their jam. And for some, you're not. You're not for everyone. And you're for somebody else that does something similar. But that's what's so great about that's You know, Sean and I talk about this all the time, too. Like, it's it's this idea of when you put something out, some people are going to like it. Some people aren't. Some people are going to like you. Some people aren't. But the people that do, those are the people that you get excited about. Those are the people that you connect with and see how you can enhance each other's lives and businesses and growth. And, you know, one of the things that I obviously, and, and I've told you this a number of times, that's so incredible is the consistency and the amount of podcasts that you've done and I think that's something that we talk a lot about with guests on the show is the process and the practice, right? Like that's the challenging part. The, 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 the challenging part is showing up. It's showing up, doing the work, putting in the creative practice, especially in the beginning, especially when you don't know everything and especially when you still kind of suck. Like you might not be that great at it, right? Like. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think anybody that's doing anything creatively, they're going to look back at their first video, podcast, audio, whatever it is that they created and think, oh my gosh, I can't believe that was me. So let's talk a little bit about from your beginning and how you kind of, do you have a specific creative practice that helped you keep going? Yes. Well, First things first, I got to tell the story about my my first like seven episodes of Million Pound Mission because I almost killed one of my listeners, literally. Like I got an email. So I just put out, you know, episodes and I found this really cool, uh, just it, it was, it sounded like uh, someone dropping a barbell in a gym, you know? So that's how I wanted to end the show, end the show with this little, this little noise. It sounded like, you know, I didn't know how to do editing. And I didn't know how to level out my audio or volume. So I'm kind of, you know, going with my, my audio at one pace. And then all of a sudden, it just like spikes up. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't realize, I didn't realize anything about that. I'm like, that's not a big deal. And um, by episode seven, someone emails me, they go, please take the shotgun sound off the back. I almost wrecked my car. Like, legitimately <laughs> I almost wrecked my car I'm like I don't want any deaths on my hand uh for for having the, the sound so I, I took the the sound effect out at the at the end uh, but like I talk about this all the time you just got to get started having a podcast 
is much better than podcrastinating forever and never starting ever, 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 and always just talking about it. Uh, so that's, that's the first piece. Now with like the evolution of building processes, like this is super important, like having systems, if you're going to, you know, obviously you guys are creative people. You have a show called create for no reason. This is like, I, I guarantee there are a lot of creatives that listen into this. And we are those like, we've got butterflies and hummingbirds roaming in our brain. It's just like shiny objects everywhere. I want to have 12 podcasts and <laughs> I haven't even started one yet. Um, so I always recommend get your first kind of baby afloat. And I tell people, I'm like, give it, you got to give it 50 episodes. Like I, you know, maybe halfway through that, you start a second one, or you, you maybe add a second episode per week or something like that. But regardless, I want you to give it, give me 52 episodes. That's one year of content that you're going to see if this floats or not. And you can make adjustments. You give yourself plenty of permission and grace to make adjustments, to change the name, to rebrand all that stuff. But I want you to do the practice of podcasting for consistently for one year and just, to, and just kind of have that hard, fast rule. One of the things that really helped me when I first did this, I met, I, I learned a lot from Brendan Burchard. He's one of my favorite content creators out there. And I learned from him to create a 52 week calendar before you even launch the show. So I had 52 weeks of content that I could speak on, you know, a combination of people I wanted to interview and topics I could, I could touch on so that every week uh, I knew that, all right, I'm good. I've, I've got, this is the next thing I'm talking about. This is the next thing. I'm not calling up Kate going, it's Wednesday night. I got to get something out by Thursday. Can we do an interview? Uh, like, <laughs> I, I don't want to be that guy. So uh, I, I kind of got that flow first and I started learning how to batch record and go, okay, now I just only do interviews on this day and this day. And I kind of get in a flow and I'm always, and I do my editing on these other days and my blogging on these other days, my social media setup. So I started getting these like compartments going. And once I sold my gym in 2019, so there was like three years of doing everything, like the gym ownership, hundreds of clients there and the podcast. Uh, but once I went full time at the end of 2019, good timing selling the gym right before the pandemic started. Mm. Uh, so, <laughs> so that was, I was due for some good luck. Um, the, the universe owed me on that one. So that allowed me to take that off my plate. The cool thing I did was I knew this is where I wanted to get to. So I was talking about this on Clubhouse yesterday. I, I started building the lifestyle that I wanted to have post gym owner as I was making that transition with hard boundaries, AKA four day work week. All right. So Monday through Thursday, every once in a while on a Friday, maybe one Friday, every other month I work, but like Friday, Saturday, Sunday, family time. I'm like, I take the kids to school. I pick the kids up. I do bedtime stories. We do, you know, family time at night. I always work out six days a week, always time for that. Kids are working out three days a week, like present. Pre I want to invest in my kids and my family as much as I invest in myself in my business. Those are the three cups. So when I let go of the gym, boom, this new, like just totally fulfilling lifestyle is there. I've already set all the rules. I've got all the processes in place. So now I've got th uh, three podcasts. I'm getting ready to launch a fourth one with my 10 year old son. It's gonna be a business a podcast for kids. For kids oh, I love that. He's totally gonna pull bigger guests than I do because it's gonna be like a novelty thing. Like, yeah, I'll get interviewed by a 10 year old kid for 15 minutes. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so 
three going on four shows. I did all of my editing and production myself through my first 500 episodes of all my shows. And now I've got, I've got a company, I've got an editing and production company that I, I can delegate that to my own people now. Um, so that takes off the plate. But the cool thing about like having systems and processes, I'm still fully creative, but having that time off and having those hard boundaries allows me to be more creative because I'm not burnt out. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Like that's yeah. so important to me. So, so far this year, we are recording this in September of 2021. This year so far, I've taken 98 vacation days, aka not wow. working days. All right. And at this point right now, I've made more money. I've paid myself, not just, you know, we know how being a business owner, making money doesn't mean a damn thing if you're <laughs> it's all going out. Right. I've paid, been able to pay myself already at this point in the year more than I have ever been able to pay myself as an entrepreneur. And I've taken, you know, I'm going to have 130, 140 vacation days out of 365 this year. And I've mm -hmm. already paid myself more than I've ever been able to pay myself. Just like, let that sink in, but, you know, being more effective, being way more creative, going deep instead of wide. Like this is, it's, it's something that it's a scary place to go, but again, it's abundance instead of scarcity. And yeah. it's really, really paid off for me this year. Mm. Well, what are your, <clears throat> this is beautiful. And now I'm going to ask you a hard question. No, um, <laughs> the, uh, where are you challenged? Like where, like, what are your biggest challenge when it comes to creativity? Like that totally makes sense to me. And I think there's a lot of evidence around that. And, and most people are just afraid to take the time, but where, where are you finding your, your biggest challenges or the places where you drop the ball and you're like, ah, I want to do better. I want to do better. Cause you can tell, I think, well, at least I can, even from your intensity or the way you talk about helping other people, that, that gymnast, that coaching other people, that certainly comes through. Yeah. But it's rare that I hear the coach uh, say, oh, yeah, this is this is where I get stuck or this is what scares me or this is where my challenges are. Yeah. So, well, for me, I still have those hummingbirds in my brain. Like, I can't get rid of those. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> They're always there. You know, I one of, my, one of my things I do with my audience interaction is I always write my weekly newsletter in real time and I send it in real time. It's like, whatever's on my brain, I write it, I send it. Nothing is planned ahead, really. And it's just like, here, so they know what's going on. And I sent my, it's every Wednesday. So I sent my email out yesterday. I'm like, just a heads up. You see what time I'm sending this? It's like 5.55 a.m. You know, I was up at 3.40 a.m. Just hummingbirds going. I can't help it. And just the machine starts going. So for me, as far as creativity, I still give myself open license to be creative. I can't stop it. And if I don't, give myself time to just do whatever and free think, then I'm not happy. I'm not feeling fulfilled. So every morning, I've got kind of an hour thing that I do where I meditate for 15 minutes. I, I stretch and move my body for 15 minutes. This is all like pre-workout. Then I go work out after that. Um, I journal and, and, and do like affirmations for 15 minutes. Then I have 15 minutes of thinking time, creative time, do whatever, write whatever, just whatever. And I keep that in uh, what I call my idea bank. I've got an Evernote file called my idea bank. So if something's like, I want to create a t-shirt that says, your mom subscribes to my podcast. <laughs> uh, that goes in the idea bank. And every Thursday, my end of week, 
I review the idea bank as I'm making my next week's game plan and I pick the low hanging fruit off the tree and I go, oh, this idea is ready. This, this idea is ripe. Let's go. And so I've got a system and that's, uh, do you guys know what the Colby test is? K-O-L-B-E? Yeah. Okay. I've got one of the weirdest Colby's ever. It's three, six, seven, three. They told me like less than 1% have that Colby with the two middle high numbers. What in so, the world are you guys talking about? It's so, one of those assessment, those personality personality assessment. Okay, so okay, okay. My strengths are creativity and organization. Those two wow. things don't happen commonly. So I love to create, 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 create. But I love me a good checklist. I like to put things in boxes. I love to organize it and put it in order. Um, so I'm kind of a freak of nature with that. But that comes out like I know systems and checklists and check boxes work for me. So just like every morning, 15 minutes, be creative, put it in the idea bank, review idea bank every Thursday, take the ripe fruit, put it in next week's plan that I've already planned out on Thursday. That's my system. Those are my boxes that I put my create creativity within. So I get to express both of those strengths. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. It makes so much sense. And you're even you describing it makes me want to do that. Like it's structured in such a way. And you know what's so funny, Adam? Today, today I wrote, uh, I wrote out, I was, while I was writing, I wrote, can you systematize inspiration? And as you're talking, I'm like, you've systematized creativity in a really unique way because I know tons of people, including myself, who I wake up and I, and I journal and I love to write and I have lots of different notebooks and I have my idea journal and I actually give my team an idea journal because they all have great ideas, but not all those ideas are supposed are meant to be used right now in the business. And so we look at them every year, but I love this idea of looking at that idea bank every week because I have my idea journals and then they're kind of my. And at the end of the week, I'm like, oh my gosh, there's so many, yeah, so many ideas. I want to do all of them. <laughs> and there's the fear of missing out. That's a big thing for yes. creative people. Yes. If I don't do something now, I'll forget about it and I'll never have, have this million dollar idea thing. And what we end up doing, I can't remember, I think it's in the book, Essentialism, uh, Greg, Greg McKeown or however you spell it. But he, I think it's in that, or maybe it's in the one thing. It's, it's in one of those books, but there's a diagram of uh, like a circle with lots of little tiny arrows coming out, almost look like a sun, you know? And there's a diagram next to it of a circle with one big arrow. And like, that's kind of how it is where, with that fear of missing out, it's like, okay, I'm gonna take a little bit of action on this and then a little bit of action on that. We start, 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 start. We don't finish a lot. So this helps me. I have three projects max that I will allow myself to work on at a time. All right, like three, time consuming, what I call focus mm -hmm. day projects. Mm -hmm. and so the other things have to wait. And then I'll, I'll pull those. There's like, there's a pecking order. And, but with the idea bank system, it allows me to be creative, not have the fear of missing out, just release that anxiety. And I can still implement it whenever it makes sense. And sometimes I delete it. I'm like, that was a terrible idea. So that, that, that happens too. Ah, oh, I love it. I love it. Yeah, it's and that is in essentialism. It is in that book, Essentialism, which is so great. And um, it reminds me of James Altucher, how he talks about the 10 ideas a day. And he's like, the whole point in those 10 ideas a day is a lot of ideas are bad ideas. And you have to sit with those ideas and you have to just keep creating all the ideas. And 
so that you, you keep your creative muscle, but that knowing, oh, great. You give it some space so that you can decide, oh, is this a good idea? Do you still think it's a good idea a month later or a couple months later? Because I do that all the time. I'll I'll be like, I'm going to launch this thing. It's going to be amazing. And then I start doing it. And then like two months later, I'm like, that was a good idea, but not for right now. I have way too many things going on. And I, you know, it's something that I feel like I relearn because I know it, but I relearn it. (laughs) I feel you. Every now and then. And it's almost, I, I know when I'm doing it, when I feel that anxiety or, or when I feel anxious, it's usually because of that. It's yeah. usually because I'm trying to do too many things or I'm trying to do things that I'm not meant to do mm-hmm. at that time. So yeah. I love your, I feel like you, that is a great. You're so excited. It's so much, so the, much. The fun. hands talking is really, uh, Sean. I probably you need like a hands talkometer with Kate. Like the more that this is happening, it's so like, great. Journal. That's it. She's so and and I know her well enough that as soon as you started talking about, and then I only have three projects at one time, and then on Thursdays I review my list. Kate's over there about to pass out. She's she's like she's she's waving her face. Like this, like like Southern girl way, like oh my, tell it. You're speaking my language. Let's go, go, Adam. I feel like you you have so many great resources, and we're gonna let people know how they can find you because Adam, I love your emails. They're so entertaining. They're such they're such full of great information, action taking information, which I so appreciate. And I could totally see your system. In an email, like you create your document, your system and sending it out to your people because this, I want to send it out to our people because it's so good for, for, for any creative. Let's it's a it. good process. Let, let's write a book, it. Kate. We're had, stealing that, it. That's the new hummingbird. Me and Kate are going to write a book. You're going to write a book. <laughs> write Sean, down the idea. Sean could like do the forward or maybe we'll put it like a quote on the back or something. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He'll design it. He's a, you should, uh, I'll Sean design it. Designed all of our our graphics he we're working oh you'll be proud of us adam we have a website coming sean's designed our website and it's looking good but this isn't about us this is about you let's get back to your brilliant colby score and how you're (laughs) you're unlike anyone in the world well it's i i i i am also very attracted to your ideas and what you're talking about a lot of this goes back to um uh, one of my favorite books, we've talked about this uh, b- b- book a, a few times um, called Daily Rituals. Have you read this book before? No. I got to get the author. Uh, she analyzes the daily rituals of creatives um, all the way back. Leo Tolstoy uh, goes back to um, composers. And it was it was fascinating because the one thing they were able to find, at least for periods of time, longer than a week, longer than a month, they they're very creative people, lots of hummingbirds but set up a daily weekly ritual that they lived by. And sometimes they looked insane, but they still were like, nope, by six o'clock, I'm drunk every single night. And then I start writing again at 2 a.m. Or then I start, but they would, they would stick with those rituals. And so really creative people, I don't know a creative person that wants to make things either for a living or just because it, it, it enhances them as a person and they know it. I don't know a creative person 
uh, that's ever said, oh yeah, I can't, I can't have rituals that they destroy me. They're like, I have to have them if I'm going to keep making and they, they need to, de- they need to develop them um, and then find something that they actually stick with. This is why, I, as soon as you started talking about, again, that background that you have in uh, the background that you have in the, in gym and personal training and working with people doing that type of stuff, you can see it. You can see that come through. You're like 50, give me 52. I want, I want 52 pushups. I want 52 podcasts. I want 52 every single week. This is what you're going to do. You could do this for a year and then you're going to make a decision. That's, uh, that's spot on though for creatives. I love so much that I love that that's your, what is it? Colby? Is that what you said? Your Colby yeah. well, personality? Another thing I did, like it was in line with the same, pro- I, I was a member of a strategic coach, which is a big coaching program. That's like, you know, they're out there. And they had me do the Colby, but then they had me do this, uh, what's called a unique ability assessment, where is the whole big thing. And there's a book called Unique Ability, which is really cool. It's like, what is unique about you and how you do things? But the thing that really tripped me out was like, it has to apply across the board, across your life, always. Like that is your unique ability. And it ended up, for me, it ended up like honing down to what you've been talking about a couple of times there, Sean, is I love to see that there's a problem go up oh, problem develop a system be creative develop something that that works and then teach people how to implement that so like at home if my kid's struggling with math i'm like all right that's the problem let's get a system going we're gonna go for 15 minutes every day extra math stuff and he hates me because of that um and then you know we're we're gonna do that and implement and and we're good or you know, at the gym or with podcasting, like you said, it's whether it's 52 pushups or 52 podcasts, same thing. Like, what's the problem? What's the system that I can create? And then let's implement like a mofo. Like, I'm great at implementation. I'm like a dog on a bone. Like, you can't get me off that thing. Like, once I start, it's like, let's just go. Like, one of my big things back in the, the health space was I did a thousand days straight with no sugar, no processed food, no cheat days. And my day 1000 was my first time being in Las Vegas ever. I was at a Tony Robbins event. And oh, I no. still no alcohol, no sugar, <laughs> no processed food, nothing. I was like, it's day 1000. I'm at Tony Robbins. Like I can't, you know, he's got 4,000 teeth in there. He's gonna come after me like a big, big shark. And uh, <laughs> like he does, like I got to see him up close. He does. He has 4,000 teeth in that giant jaw. He's yeah. huge. And he's yeah. like, he's like huge. nine foot 11. Yeah. 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 He's he's, massive. Yeah. Like he's a giant. Intense giant Cro-Magnon man. Um, but like, I couldn't not like, I, once I start, I gotta go. I did, I did, I do all these weird challenge things. That's the same way I did our local dancing with celebrities. Like it's like dancing with the stars, but I was like, all right, we're going to win. How do we win? Uh, how do I, no one's ever won the dancing and the charity uh, portion of it. So I'm like, we're going to win both for the first time ever. So I'm practicing. I'm wearing out my carpet in our house with my clipboard of the dance moves that I can't remember. I had to remember three, <laughs> three. Now, Kate, I probably never sent you this, but if you go on YouTube and you type in my name, Adam Shibley, you got to spell it right, and then put in sexy dance. Oh. Stop it. Well, There's- listen, we'll try to remember to put this in the show notes, <laughs> but just in case we don't, it's S C H A E U B L E, sexy dance. Sexy dance. All right, it's, it's a real treat. This right. morning, there's a there's a Magic Mike esque pants ripping off moment. Uh, yeah. 
in front of 500 people as oh I, as I do gosh. the hot cha-cha in, in a bedazzled outfit. So uh, like things like that, I did a, um, a- Wait, did you win? Oh yeah, so yeah, long oh, story yeah. short. Is that, is that, of course. I won, I, I, you lost me at sexy dance. I, uh, I won <laughs> the dancing and then we were ahead in the, the, uh, the charity. And you guys know who John Mellencamp is? Yeah. Oh, stop it. John that's that's not even. <laughs> lives in my hometown. Oh, that's fantastic. Him, oh, and a, Meg, him and Meg Ryan show up. I'm a big they, fan. What? Yeah. They donated to our competitor. They gave $50,000 at the last, the last minute to our competitor. And that put him way ahead of us. And mm. I was pissed. I'm like, I hate that. Oh, I hate that guy. Bummer. John Mellencamp. If I was <laughs> um, so that's a good story. <laughs> but yeah, so that, and I, I, I feel like uh, I was talking to somebody the other day and I'm telling all these stories. I'm like, I feel like Forrest Gump sometimes. I have all these weird, obscure things that I've done. I did a, uh, an eight marathon in eight days uh, Tibetan Freedom Walk with the nephew of the Dalai Lama. I walked from Bloomington, Indiana to Columbus, Ohio in eight days. And I'm walking with all these monks. And yeah. Raising awareness. I was on Tibetan TV. There was like 6 million Tibetan people like cheering us on. I got a little scarf thing from the Dalai Lama that like he blessed and sent out our direction. I was the first non-Tibetan person to ever go on this because my friend Kunga was one of my clients at the gym. He's the nephew of the Dalai Lama. And he was like, in charge of all this and they wanted to raise more awareness i'm like dude i'm a podcaster i'm a live streamer let's just go live the whole time and so my the name that they gave me i can't pronounce it in tibetan but it means uh noisy white man is what it means <laughs> oh <my God>. <laughs> <laughs> listen you don't i love that you brought up the forest gum thing you don't get to have those types of stories unless you're living like if you're living a life of scarcity and that sort of that, like there's not enough, there's not enough, there's not enough. You don't experience things like this. Yeah. You don't experience things like this. Like you're really, and you're just going to keep experiencing them. They're going to keep happening. Yeah. It's beautiful. That's yeah. what I, yeah. I, I was thinking the same thing. It's so exciting to, when you say yes to things and when you just put yourself out there and I love that you're like, I say yes. And then I figure out how to systematize it so I can win. <laughs> Pretty That's much. a whole little spin on it on a whole spin on life. But I feel Adam, I feel like we could talk to you forever. We're going to have to have you come back on the show because you're just so much fun to talk to. And um, we always love to ask our guests to give the listeners some something that they can do, something that they can take action on immediately to live a more creative life any kind of activity, but it has to be simple. It has to be like five minutes or less so that they can actually do it. So what would you say yeah. to someone who's like, I want to live a life where I can go on a trail with this Tibetan monks. I want to live a life where I can fight with John Cougar <laughs> Mellencamp and Meg yeah. Ryan. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> quick, funny side story that takes five seconds. I housed at for the neighbor of John Mellencamp when he was married to Elaine Irwin, the supermodel, like the oil of Olay model, my emergency contact was Elaine Irwin. Like that, <laughs> that, and I'm in college and I'm like, I don't know, I might, I might have a problem. I, I need some help over here. Like, I, I, need, I need some help. Changes come around real soon, make me women and men. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm that's stuck awesome. in the shower, I don't know. 
Um, so anyway, so let's, let's make an assumption. I, I think it's fair to assume of what we've talked about so far in the last 40 minutes that maybe one of your listeners has had an idea. Would you feel like that's a fair assumption that they've, fair. they've been inspired? They've, so I don't want to give them anything else, but what I will give them is a challenge to implement. All right. Yes. So this is an action step that I call my implementation alarm challenge. I do this every time I speak on a show, anytime I speak on a stage, because we are consumers of content and we have to separate that from, are we just consuming? Are we just being entertained? Is this like watching Netflix? Or are we going to implement and do something about it? That's the key. So the implementation alarm challenge, if you're listening to this on your cellular device, uh, your phone, uh, it, may, it may look a little something like this. Can you read that, Sean? Oh, it's probably backwards. Fantastic. Your mom subscribes to my podcast. Yeah, so my, my phone says your mom subscribes to my podcast. Tell your mom thanks. The, um, so I want, you, <laughs> I want you to take your cellular device out, and I want you to set the alarm for 24 hours from right now. Whenever you're listening to this, even if it's the year 3000, you know, maybe you have like a memory chip thing, same thing. Whatever your alarm is, set the alarm for 24 hours from right now. Whatever your big idea was that's happened over the last 40 minutes, you don't have to solve it. You don't have to complete the mission. I want you to imagine all the dominoes lined up in the next 24 hours, flick the first domino over and create momentum. That's my implementation alarm challenge. So if it's like, I want to think about starting a podcast. All right. The first domino is what would I talk about? You know, what's, what's my first episode? What would I name it? You know, or something like that. I'm going to start a business. I want to write a book. I, I want to, you know, beat up John Mellencamp. How do I, how do I make this happen? Uh, I, want to, I, want to, I want to learn how to dance you know, or whatever. So I want you to flick over the first domino, create momentum in your life in the right direction and see where that rabbit hole takes you, but do it in the next 24 hours, set that alarm. Now, what will happen is you'll forget all about all this. You'll have, you'll have set the alarm because you've done that in 24 hours. It's going to go off and you're going, what is happening? And they go, Adam. And that's my way of getting you to remember me a second time. So uh, just, just think <laughs> kindly of me in 24 hours. Oh my gosh. I love it. Adam, you're so wonderful. Thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing. You're, you're so you're a wealth of inspiration. And I was going to say funness, which is not, you know, but, um, but you can check out podcasting school to find everything that you need to know to learn how to launch your podcast, monetize your podcast, all the things. And Adam, you do such an incredible job over on Clubhouse. You host a lot of rooms. You do IG lives. You do really fun IG lives. We were on a, a live where we you pulled in three of us. So you yeah. had to guess we were dancing. three people on the live. We were dancing. We were talking about CDs and oh, all the all the things. It was so much fun. Um, so you're you're just really a ball of energy. And it's such a pleasure to to be your friend and to get to know you more. And, um, and so seriously, for anyone that wants to start a podcast, it's not as hard as you're making it sound, seem just get started. Like Adam talked about. So definitely check out podcastingbusiness.school. And, um, you have a really great community over there, right? Yeah. Yeah. That, my pod pals are, are rocking. And now, now like you and Sean are official, like we're pod pals. So we're pod pals. Pals. Sean, Sean it's, uh, it's hard to get rid of me, man. I'm, I'm very, I'm, I'm clingy. I'm clingy. I <laughs> <laughs> no way, man. We got John Mellencamp now. Yeah. That, yeah he, he's like four foot 11 and I'm six, four. I'm like, but it, with his big hairdo, he's like seven foot because it's giant. <laughs> 
He's got like Marge Simpson hair is what he what he's got. Um, <laughs> melon. I'm still bitter. This is like not. I, I can ago. I can I tell <laughs> you say you say his name and spit Melon Cam. We're gonna send him the episode. Yeah. Yeah, like All right. put him on the cover. Like, just put my face yes. on his little little tiny body, and and that'll that'll be awesome. <laughs> oh we'll put him on your lap. Yeah, just bouncing on your knee. Great for no houses. reason, Melon Camp. <laughs> Melon Camp. <laughs> oh my gosh, Adam! All right. You're the best. We'll talk I appreciate to you. you all so much. Thanks for letting me share your platform, having a few laughs and hopefully inspired a few people. So shout out to you guys. I appreciate you very much. Right on. Thanks, Adam. <laughs> oh my gosh. Isn't he so great? Yeah, he's great. Oh, I think your mic just turned off. It did, but now it turned back on. Oh, wow. Look at you. Look at you catch yourself like that. <laughs> um, no, I mean, the thing that shines through it, we've had... Uh, We've talked to others like this too. I love that he's taken. Okay. Like, you know, I, like I talked to, we, we've talked before about being able to take, I'm going to say like a gym model or a yoga model or like these places where people go and they subscribe, they pay, they practice to change themselves. And the obvious one is always your body or like your composition, your looks because of whatever's going on in the world. And, and and then there's there's school like so somebody might go to school in order to get uh like uh to to get a get a better job but there's there's not a lot of these spaces for people to um learn to be more creative or or just learn to create i mean and that's what he's and that's what he's doing he's taking a lot of that experience that he 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 got from from doing the gym stuff and now teaching other people how to uh, have a voice and create content and really not even necessarily even teaching them how to do that. Just teaching them like, okay, here are the buckets or here's the time. And you're just going to dedicate your time to this. And we talk about the same thing with writing or, or drawing, like make the time and then, then create a system so that, you know, the stuff doesn't constantly, it's not always butterflies. Um, or even if it is, you can take one and, and, and write it down. So yeah, I'm, I'm that, that was, that was great. I was really fascinated by his experience and what he's been doing. And you are like enamored. Like it's so much fun to listen to you and watch you when he starts talking about <laughs> checklists and spreadsheets and creativity. You're like, oh yeah, those, both of those things. I have to talk to Sean all the time. Sean's like crazy man. He lives in an alternate universe. You say the word checklist and I'm yours. <laughs> Like, I want a checklist. I need a checklist. <laughs> give me a, give no, me a checklist. You know what's so interesting? I think that running a company has really given me a new perspective and love of systems and processes mm -hmm. more so than ever before. It's like, I know that you need them and they're helpful, but then actually putting them into practice and then recognizing when they don't work and then you have to change them oh, yeah. and shift yeah. them. And so I, I don't think I've ever really done that in my creative practice. I think yeah. I'm really good at throwing a lot of things, which it makes sense, right? We have a podcast called create for no reason. I have done that 
a lot throughout my career because it's not been right. I mean, you've known me a long time. We've done a listen. I mean, yeah, but the show's tongue in cheek to a big degree. I would say you totally, like, yeah, but, but, the, but the, you do like to start. Like you start right. something, get excited, run with it for a little while. And that's what I think yeah. is is great is that yes, it's tongue in cheek, it's great for no reason, but also of course there's a reason. And of that's what I love about just I loved mm-hmm. his stories about his journey and the practice. And I love that that you mentioned, because I I picked up on that too when he talked about being Forrest Gump. And I and I thought, yeah, people that are creative live that kind of life where things happen to them and they show up and you have experiences and you meet people. And when you say yes to things just for the fun of it, you just never know what's going to come out of it. And that's what I get so excited about when I hear people like him that just, you know, they go from one industry to another, or they try something new or, you know, and, and they take what they've learned and they bring it into another industry. It's just, it's just interesting and fascinating. And I really had a great time talking to him. So yeah, hope that you guys did too. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I do think it's, it's very, very, very useful. And I hope we, I, you know, I, we're going to keep coming back to that. I think thematically when we talk about creativity and, and I'm really I'm really grateful. I'm I'm really grateful to him for for that discussion. Because even I like to try to come across like I don't have systems or I don't. I'm obsessed with them. I have checklists. I have my lists. I have my times. Like I'm back into like I'm doing the same thing every single day. You create the buckets, and then you go butterfly hunting in the buckets, and you can do that and set that up. So, um, if you're a creative person. And you uh, and you liked this episode, then you know what? Put us into one of your daily buckets, or how about a weekly bucket? How about that that Friday night before you decide to go out on the town and let the world speak to you? You listen to a little Kate Volman and Sean Funder create for no reason and join our Facebook group. Um, we're talking about the website. <clears throat> the website will go live shortly. We're really excited about that. That will give you an opportunity to listen to old past episodes. That will give you an opportunity to engage with us, to download our new book. I, we called it a book and then we said it wasn't a book and then Not we called really it a book. book again. It's a download. It's a book. It's you can rad. call it a book. Listen, it's a book. You're All gonna right. love it. Yeah. And well, um, maybe we should have it up before we talk about it. We'll yeah. Put it in the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> Put it in the show notes. But you know what you can do right now? You can like and subscribe. You can subscribe to the podcast. You can write us a review. We love hearing from you and let us know what you like about the show. If you have any recommendations for guests that you want us to bring on the show, we would love to hear from you about that too. Maybe you know someone that's cool and creative and you want to hear what a fun conversation would look like. And um, with us, that would be awesome. So yeah, that is what you can do for us now. And then of course, head over to Facebook and join our Facebook community so we can stay connected and all of those fun activities that our guests give, you can let us know if you actually do them. Because sometimes I wonder if anyone actually does those things. So <laughs> thank you for listening. 